The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hello and welcome to episode number two of Hawk Talk, hosted by 680 The Fan. I am your host, Pat Benson. I'm here with my main man, Colin Madden. Colin, tell the people how you're doing today. Hey, I'm not bad. You know, it's been a uh, been an interesting week as a Hawks follower, but you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in a good mood. So, that's well, well, that's good. I think you might be the only Hawks fan in a good mood. Uh, I think this is the perfect time to, to host another episode of this podcast. It was a true heat check for Hawks fans over the past few days. And uh, I'm glad we're covering it today. I think the past two games have just completely epitomized what it's like to cover and follow this team over the past two years. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Before we do, I want to thank everyone for their feedback and support after the first episode. Just an overwhelming response. Lots of love, lots of really... uh, positive feedback so that that really means the world to us so thanks to everybody who listened and gave their thoughts do us a favor make sure you subscribe give us a good rating all that good stuff so now we can dive in and uh let's talk about friday's game against the golden state warriors and uh so i'm driving down to atlanta and it's rainy it's friday at five o'clock and then and the golden state warriors are in town and then to make Things just a little bit more interesting. We get the infamous train stuck on the train tracks right outside of State Farm Arena. Did you see any of that, Colin? I have not, but I have been in that experience before. Uh, I know where it runs. You know, it, it can clog. If you don't park on the top level, if you go on the, any of that under level where a lot of the media people go, yeah, man, that thing can get you. Yeah. Oh man, it was the perfect storm of of traffic completely. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I was just spinning the block over and over. Like I just couldn't get to media parking, and I was almost ready to just give up on it. And then I went and sat in a gas station for a little bit. Finally, I saw where people were tweeting that the train was moving off the tracks. I slip in and uh, get in just in time. I missed the pregame press conference entirely. And uh, but it's cool, man. The Golden State Warriors come in town, and it's just like it's like. Uh, a band like a famous band comes through and it's just a different energy in State Farm Arena which we'll definitely get to we'll get to your boy John Collins comments for sure I'll bring that up but you know honestly Stephen Curry man it was just it, it was a different energy when he entered the building it was just like a beetle entered the building you know we had LeBron in the Lakers they came through back in December I'm not going to compare it to that because the noise level and the excitement in State Farm Arena was not comparable from for Steph to LeBron but Steph is clearly the number two like there's LeBron number one Steph yeah. number two and then there's 10 feet down and then you got like KD Kyrie but tons of excitement in the entire arena for Curry and you know it was really cool he, he signed a lot of uh 
autographs and everything for fans and i've got a funny video i posted on my twitter account where uh he he ran into bob rathbun on his way out through the tunnel so that was cool and uh the hawks played well spoiler alert they beat the golden state warriors it was the warriors 10th straight road loss at that time they've since snapped that streak they beat the houston rockets last night but it was one of those moments where it's like okay like Maybe not the playoffs, maybe stuck in the play-in, but this team is turning the corner. They're playing better. And we get this awesome moment at the end of the game where uh, Trey Young makes a defensive play to win the game. He strips Curry, takes it down for a layup, and he turns around and you know wags his finger at Curry, and yeah. it was great. But can't get out of it without a little bit of drama. And I want to get your thoughts on this. John Collins just gently, gently chides the fans, just gives them just a ever so soft challenge. Like, Hey guys, you know, I want, I want to hold y'all accountable. Can't come in here and be true to Atlanta and cheer on other, the other teams and other players. And just, and then he like wrapped it up in a nice way. And, you know, it couldn't have been a more gentle challenge to the fan base, but And, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts because I know you're a big JC fan. As are you. <laughs> yeah, oh, for, I love JC. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, you know, it's not unexpected by any means. Um, that's kind of how it, it's it's Atlanta's really weird with their fan bases because the Braves have such a deep, deep, deep fan base. And then compared to the Hawks and the Falcons, it's much more localized, I feel like. Obviously, there is you know some fans outside the city, but it's much more of a, this is the city's team. Yeah. So with that, the city is such a transplant city that there's so many people who aren't from Atlanta that are here. Like all my friends I know that are not from Atlanta, whenever their team is in the city, they're going to watch them play at State Farm. And that's just how it kind of goes. So I get what Collins is saying, and I agree with him, you know, because during the playoffs, like when we had that huge playoff run, and even last year when we played the Heat, the support in the stands was real. And when we yeah. get to those moments, it really does, you know, the city does rally together. But he's saying, you know, let's keep this thing going throughout the entire season. You know, we don't need y'all just here for the playoffs. We need y'all here every night. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and give myself a bunch of credit for wearing my John Collins jersey first episode. And then that drops 20 some in the first quarter or whatever it was. But, hey, uh, let's just let's just say we didn't call it, but we kind of called it. I like to think that you wearing your jersey uh, on this audio platform is what spurred that, that epic performance by JC. But to me, like two parts. One, um, I thought the fan reaction to that was way overblown. Like I was working on my post game article and I saw on Twitter and people were already reacting to it. And I was like, man, like, did he cuss out the fans? Did, right. like, what happened? And I went back and listened to it and I thought it was way overblown. I think it goes back to like the, the customer is always right mentality, which yeah. I can't stand. It's like, I can never be in the wrong. You know, I, I'm paying for tickets. Mm-hmm. And, but on the flip side, I understand Hawks fans frustrations and you know if jc wants fans to support them win some games yeah, if we were a little games. better i think the fans would have been a little bit more on his side but it's just like dude i saw a stat i'm sure you saw it past 25 games we've been mm-hmm. within one game of 500 that's yeah. insane that's, that's actually 
<laughs> that, that's it. And you know what? Win more games, win some playoff series, and you will see people wearing Hawks jerseys oh, in wow. opposing arenas when you're on the road. That's how it works. Fans are fickle, and you know, lots of NBA fans are bandwagon fans, and they yeah. attach themselves to one player. And, yeah. and, you, and you brought up a really great point, like a macro point, about how the Braves have this national audience cultivated from TBS, and yeah. they kind of have a monopoly on the deep south of baseball. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, you know, the NFL is just a nationalized league. You know, there's no regional sports network. Yeah. But the the Hawks are in a precarious situation because they're so local. And man, when the Lakers, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Celtics come into town, you just see a ton of those jerseys. So I'm pr- so I don't know. Split on it. Maybe right message, wrong timing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the people who you know have been Hawks fans or followed the team for multiple years or just understand the history of the franchise and the city a little more weren't thrown off by the comments. It's just the people who are newer to it. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the younger fans who are now really into the NBA because of Trey, because of these new players and they perhaps overreacted like, Oh, how could we No, But if you actually know what's been going on, you see, you see his point, you know, exactly, you know what he's trying to say. So I don't think anyone who really knows the extent of the team and the history of the, you know, at least the modern history of the team didn't take any offense to that. I think it was just the people who don't follow them as much. I think that, and you got to know JC's personality. I mean, he's an army brat, you know, he's a very blue collar, hard hat kind of guy. Like he can't give a much softer challenge to the fan base than that. So (laughs) maybe, it may, may need to have a little bit thicker skin than that if that's what's bothering you. But that's the perfect segue to the second game this weekend. So Sunday afternoon, my wife and I are celebrating our anniversary. I'm like, hey, uh, we're going to kind of cut this short because the Hawks play the worst team in the Western Conference today, and I got to get home and watch it. So she was thrilled about that. And as was I. And Hawks get off to a good start. They are up by as much as 24 points, I want to say, in the third quarter. And they they find a way to blow it, continue to blow second-half leads. And, uh, you know, it was DeJounte Murray's return to San Antonio. So it was already a pretty emotionally charged game from the get-go. The announcers commented on, like, how visibly moved DeJounte was from the uh, reception he got in San Antonio. And I – I always feel like some type of way when players get emotional before games, not like knocking it just because if it's like senior night or if it's a retirement jersey, jersey retirement night or something and players really kind of get thrown off their normal routine that that concerns me. And sure enough, the Hawks got thrown off, I guess, and they just played what I would consider the worst game of the season. Yeah, they fall one game below 500 and it's and then you start hearing more of that chirping. It's like. Hey, JC, you can't hold us accountable if y'all aren't held accountable from a night to night. So what were your thoughts on the Spurs game? Man, I was watching it with one of my buddies who's a season ticket holder and just a huge Hawks fan. And, you know, we got to halftime. I look at him and I was like, man, let's kill these dudes, you know? Like, yeah. Step on their necks. Like, I'm, I'm down to just – when was the last time we killed a team? Like, I don't know if we've done that in the past three months. So I was yeah, just right. to like, all right, maybe we'll actually win by a bunch. And that second half was one of the toughest second halves I've ever watched uh, in basketball. I had to keep looking away. Uh, 
one points in the second half. That is, yeah. we had 80 something halftime. I just don't understand. You know, it, it was because we talked about it last week uh, with whenever you think the Hawks are going to win, they don't. And whenever you think they're going to lose, they win. For example, <laughs> this past weekend, they beat yeah. the Warriors and then they lose after they had 80 some points at halftime. <laughs> and uh, another thing, I listened to uh, Quinn's presser after the game. I'm, not, I'm sure you did too. Uh, and he. <laughs> He honestly, it wasn't when Nate's pressers, he was very much, he had this a similar emotion each presser, but you could tell that he was just a part of that game. With Quinn, yeah. it almost felt like he just witnessed that game, like he just witnessed a murder. <laughs> it was a murder. It, from a very, okay, this is what happened here, and this is what happened here, rather than any emotion. It didn't seem like he had any emotional attachment. He even said in the presser, you know, in a weird, perverse way, it's almost good to see the tale of two halves. And I thought that was crazy interesting what he was talking about. Yeah, that is, because, you know, he's a coach who runs super hot, and we haven't seen that yet. It seems like he's really trying to uh, stay cool for this second half of the season. I think he knows this season's cooked, and yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't want to do anything to alienate the, the locker room, anything yet. This is mostly... He's just trying to diagnose what's wrong with the team this season. And then he's going to go through this summer and make his changes and start building. So I thought that that's a really interesting observation you had that he was kind of just uh, uh, not an active participant in it. But, you know, he was just kind of observing. Just so happy to see it, you know. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yeah, he's really maintained his cool. We haven't seen the crazy side of Quinn Snyder come out yet, where he starts looking like um, Matthew McConaughey's character in True Detective, or Christian Bale's character in that that Wall Street movie. So all over the place, all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I can't wait for. I'm ready for that. But all right, so. Quick break, and then segment two, we're going to play the blame game, and we're going to dive into some larger questions about the season. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. All right, 
righty. So larger questions about the season. Who is to blame, Colin? I'm going to put you in the hot seat from the get-go. Who is to blame for the Hawks' inconsistent play this season? Man, it is so hard to put it on one person, but I'll yeah. just try to lump it into kind of the groups that I see, you know, have the most blame. Sure. Um, going back to last offseason, moving Kevin Herter was one of the dumbest moves mm-hmm. we've done in recent history, I think. Um, most Hawks fans, and given it's probably true, think that it was a wrestler move to get us under the, under the luxury tax. Um which it probably was. So mm-hmm. that probably falls on him, not on Schlink. Mm-hmm. And then the play this year has been just as inconsistent as it has been the past couple of years. So I honestly put that on the players because the coach can only do so much in that aspect. So I put that on our leaders or therefore our lack of leadership. So I'd put that on Trey and JC and DJ. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they've had some, like Trey's had good statistical years and leading and points and assists mm-hmm. throughout the season, but it doesn't matter. And then, man, I, that's where I would just lay it on mostly. I, th- I think it's more the ownership and the players yeah. for our inconsistency. Um, yeah. That's where I'm sitting right now, at least, but that could change in a week, so. Yeah, I think there's blame at every level of this. If you want to go way back, which you should, you know, everything in life deserves context. And it starts with the way the the team was constructed following the DeJounte Murray trade. They immediately went on a cost-cutting spree, gutted the bench. And then you have this drama playing out through the first half of the season with the front office being overhauled, coaching change. And, uh, of course, the players deserve some blame, too. You just can't come out and lay an egg like that. I don't think Quinn Snyder lost that game. Absolutely. I don't think, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. You know, so here we are, same places, basically same places last year, maybe a little worse. Hawks ranked 10th in offensive rating, 21st in defensive rating. What are some realistic goals for the season? Uh, where you know, put your fan hat aside. Yeah. Tell me realistically, if you were gambling, what would you uh, put your money on for the Hawks? Uh, first off, I would not put any money on the Hawks. That would be okay, that's smart, smart move. Because <laughs> you do not know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, my, my expectations have probably changed each week over the past, mm-hmm. you know, months. Uh, mm-hmm. And at this point, I just want to see them – Make the play in, yeah. Get to the playoffs and have a somewhat competitive series. That's all I really care about. Do I think it's going to happen? Maybe like sixty percent chance I yeah. give it at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's really where my expectations are. And back to the blame game, I thought I was thinking of something yeah. else. Our our strength last year and when we went on the run was our depth, mm-hmm. and then coming to this season. We, could, we couldn't even run a nine-man lineup at the beginning of the season. It was just – yeah. So I think that's that was part of a huge problem too. No, absolutely. I agree. And still still seeing those issues resonate today. But realistic goals for this season for me, I, I'm with you. I think it's a lofty expectation at this point. But win the play-in tournament and then challenge somebody in the first round. You know, we, we don't know who it's going to be yet. The Eastern Conference is still in flux. Yep. You know, just don't get bounced out in five games like you did last year against the Miami, Miami Heat where they just totally, totally punked out the team 
And it was it was an embarrassment. You, you had Jimmy Butler like there were too many games that we weren't in it in that series. Like if we were competitive and you know four out of five of those games, I wouldn't have really cared. But the one game we won, it was like a last second shot. I was actually there. It was like yeah. a trade made a shot. Was I was like left. So that was the only game we were competitive in. So we need definitely more than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that was right. Jimmy Butler hip thrusting on the sideline that that scarred me for the, the entire offseason. So I don't want to see anything like that. But got to get there first. So right now, five thirty eight gives the Hawks a forty three percent chance of making the playoffs, and ESPN gives uh, the Hawks a thirty nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Both teams, and of course, play in is not considered playoffs according to them. So yeah. uh, they give us a greater chance of losing in the play-in or, you know, just not making the postseason altogether. Both uh, both outlets give the Hawks a record, a regular season record of 41-41, and 41, which is way worse than last season. Few, what, like four games worse than last season? So that is not great. Currently, the Eastern Conference play-in picture goes to the Miami Heat, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Hawks have just a half-game lead over the Toronto Raptors and then yeah, the Chicago Bulls. Raptors yeah. Are yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't look good. So best case scenario, Atlanta Atlanta play goes down to Miami for a one game playing tournament with the playoffs on the line. And obviously, I don't feel good about that. I mean, yeah, you know, you know what they say. I'm not saying this, but some people say ice melts in Miami. So about, try some, yeah, try some best games down there. Talk about uh, visiting teams taking over an arena. I have been in the Hawks arena, yeah. and I've heard "Let's Go Heat" so many times, man. There, I hate playing them in the playoffs, man. They're just brutal. I, oh, me too, man. Their their fan base is just wild. They, uh, I went down there about this time last year, and you see Heat license plates everywhere, Heat jerseys everywhere you go, and they and they let you hear about it. And that's, I mean, I don't think they ever cross the line. They're just a really passionate fan base. Oh yeah, so, totally. so best case scenario, uh, you face Miami Heat, and then you face the winner, that you host the winner of the Raptors Bulls, and win or go home scenario to be the eighth seed. Uh, I don't feel great about that. So no. it, it, their work's cut out for them, and we'll see what happens. That leads us into what's coming up. The Hawks have four games in the next six days. Yeah. They have uh, tonight the Detroit Pistons, worst team in the NBA. There's Detroit's sitting a bunch of players. I'm willing to go ahead and call this one a win for the Hawks. Depending on when you're listening to this, you can either you know laugh at it or whatever. But I, I think the Hawks win tonight. I don't even know if I want to say, but yeah, move on. <laughs> okay, moving on. Then we got there. They traveled to play the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I just saw a tweet from Shams right before we started recording, where it's looking like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are going to be back in the lineup for that game. That's not great. Host the Indiana Pacers on March 25th. Host Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant should be back for that game on March 26th. And then on March 28th, Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. So a really tough stretch of the lineup. After a uh, tough stretch of the schedule coming up. After tonight's game, Atlanta's really about to get tested. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see the resolve of this team. We'll see how they play under pressure. We'll see if Quinn Snyder makes any radical changes. Yeah. You know, like you, I'm probably going to hold my breath. Um uh, Final segment, what would we change? Uh, would, what would you like to see changed over this final the final stretch of the regular season? 
Dude, I would love to see uh, Nyeka get into that starting lineup and have Clint come off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know how Clint would handle that if that yeah. went in the wrong way, which yeah. at this point, who cares? But yeah. I think Nyeka is, you know, I was looking at their stats after it must have been the game against the Warriors. And I think Nyeka had one more minute than him. And the same amount of rebounds and triple the points or something. So I just think that he's really grown a lot as a player and getting him into that starting lineup could help him grow even more uh, going into the offseason into next year. For sure. So uh, Snyder is a huge fan of Okongwu. I'd like to see him get some more playing time as well. Also kind of got to see if he's worth the investment because he's coming up on that rookie scale contract extension. Yep. And as soon as the season ends, he's on the clock. They're going to start negotiating and it's, you got to find out like, are, are we all in on Okongwu or are we half in? Is he a five? Is he a four? Can he stretch out, you know, and, and shoot a little bit around the perimeter? That's uh, been a little dicey so far this season after yeah. we had high hopes of him improving his outside shot uh, last season. So that's definitely something I'd like to see as well. I'd like to see more Sadiq Bay. I know he struggled over the past few games, but I think he's a nice X factor. Uh, if he's, yeah, I, I don't think you can put Sadiq Bay in the starting lineup. If you take out John Collins, put in Sadiq Bay, it really kills the defense. And yeah, I don't think the Hawks defense can really afford to do that. But I'd like to see more Sadiq Bay for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. I am. Uh, interested to see what happens with the Hawks over these next few games. We're going to have a lot to cover as always. So um, how, how would you grade us today, Colin? How did we do in our second episode? We did pretty good. You know, a couple couple little bumps, so maybe like mm-hmm. a B-plus. But, you know, we at this point we're powering through the little bumps, so I think that's, that's improvement. Totally. I appreciate you holding us accountable. You hold me accountable. And uh, that, that's what we do in Atlanta. So I'll send you some notes. We're done yeah, please do. Please do. If you if you want, just publicly tweet at me. And, All right, uh, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, huge shout out to our listeners. Thanks to everybody for listening. We really appreciate your support. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode or listen at the podcast park, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a proud presentation of Dickey Broadcasting Company. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. 
Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. <laughs> 